Another busy day at the uh, Brad and Britcast Ranch. Uh, Brit milked the cows this morning. Uh, I distributed the hay out in the uh, upper 40. Man. And uh, we're ready to go. Yeah, everybody's ready to rock and roll here. We are ready, ready to go. Hey, can I uh, play the game where I throw out a couple of things and then you pick them? I'm ready. Here's what I did the, the this morning. I said, all right. Uh, I don't usually read the Reuters all that much, uh, but I thought, let's let's go to the Reuters and just see how they list all the stories. They're they're pretty uh, non-biased, down the middle, fair organization. So here you go. Ready? Um, bad judges. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Carolina Supreme Court ruling on religious schools. No travel or shift. Says sanctions, please. I don't understand that one. I'm not. No travel or shift says sanction, please. No, those are two different ones. <laughs> uh, let's do the. Uh, let's do shift. I don't know. I don't know this story about Adam Schiff. Oh well, um, you know, you may have heard that uh, our president was just outraged over the fact that uh, he was not told, and of course had no knowledge <laughs> of the. Russians uh, paying the Taliban bounties to kill Americans. So he just didn't know, and right. so it's not his fault. Right. And, of course, that's a lie. And if it isn't a lie and he wasn't told, then he should also have to resign because he doesn't care, because a normal president would have said, I should have been told. Why wasn't I told? I'm outraged over that. But he's not because he was told, and he's pretending that he wasn't, and he's lying. But, okay, so on Monday, the members of the House representatives that uh, were, were uh, chosen appropriately were given a briefing, and they said, essentially, yeah, not that much to see here, not that big of a deal. And, of course, they were all Republicans, because that's how we do things in America, because our armed forces are nonpartisan. And they represent all of us overseas. No, so today, it was the Democrats' turn. And Adam Schiff, the Democrat from California, said, um, we need to impose new sanctions on the Russians. We need to get in their face. We need to tell them this is wrong. And, uh, of course, this is not directly connected to the president lying his ass off to the world. But, oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> And it also has to do with the president, as he knew about this for the last few months, maybe even into uh, 2019, because you may have heard that John Bolton is now saying that the president was briefed on it while Bolton was there. And Bolton hasn't been around since September, okay? So th this isn't just a lie. This is a super lie. This is a new level of bullshit. This is reason number 5,412 that this man is unfit a liar, a traitor, and should really be in, in, in stocks in the middle of the town square with people throwing pies at him for the rest of his life. Um, <laughs> he so, might like that, though. He might enjoy yeah. that. So that's, uh, that's the Adam, that's the Adam Schiff story. This should not get buried under the uh, horrible news about the coronavirus and, um, the uh, economic quagmire that we find ourselves in and the 
other issues that are weighing down the country right now. But that's the that's the story, because uh, Reuters is, of course, confirming the reporting of The Washington Post and The New York Times and, and NBC that uh, the bounties, in fact, were being offered. There was a pile of cash somewhere where they uh, apparently they didn't use PayPal or um, Venmo to transfer the money to the to, to, yeah cash now right one of those apps Zell they didn't we go with Zell on that one um, Clark Howard says Zell sucks you would never use Zell Zell has been fraught with problems anyway and somehow it's yeah. built into my bank account but I've never used yeah. it and I never will I, I I used it and then I used it again uh, fuck it I'm I'm done with it it's a pain in the ass no it's, it's, cash it's app bad. and all the other ones are easy yeah the, the yeah. didn't Mark Mark Meadows had some sort of press conference yesterday afternoon at the House? about that the chief of staff holds press conferences <laughs> apparently from what i hear it was really bad it was very yeah. bad and then yeah. it was just <laughs> fraught well, with this is the, this is the bottom line on this you know, what does putin have on trump we keep asking the question we're now into our fifth year of what does putin have on trump and uh if you had a seesaw okay the uh, the C would be down on the floor and the saw <laughs> would be up here, okay? Because the weight of evidence is that uh, Vladimir Putin has some kind of financial advantage over Trump, whether it's Russian banks that have been funneling money or laundering money through the Trump organization. What, what, it doesn't really we, – we know it exists because that is the only thing. There's nothing else. That's the only thing that could explain why no matter what has come down the lane for all these years never never a crossword for vladimir putin as being the mastermind behind all of the mischief that russia has uh, pushed on the world these many, many years that now that Trump's been in, it is many, many years he's been in office. Now, this isn't, well, he's, he's just learning the ropes. Oh, we have to reelect him so that he, because, you know, with the four years experience that he has, he'll be a great president in a second. But fuck you. No, fuck you for, for even thinking that. Stop. Much more. Well, Occam, Occam's razor does, I think, kind of tend to let us go. It is the bank thing because the legitimate banks wouldn't lend to him because of all the, the failures that he had. So obviously then somehow, Russian Russian money got involved, and that's what Putin's holding him over his head. Occam's razor number two is the P-tape. And I, maybe it is just the P-tape. I well, don't know. Even if it's not exactly that tape, I think if you go back to the uh, the Steele dossier, which is the uh, uh, five-year-later version of the word Benghazi, right? They've, they've tried to turn it into there was nothing in there that was, it was all. No, it wasn't. This shit in there wasn't disproven. Uh, point by point, and that's not true. And uh, if if you add, uh, but I think what you just said, you can just start and stop right there. Sometimes the simplest explanations are the correct explanations. We don't have to drill down any further than that because there's only one language that Trump talks, and it's money. That's the only language he's ever used his entire life. Mm-hmm. And when all of the conventional sources of bailing his ass out went away, like his father dying, uh, that there is no more money from the old man to, to bail him out, and that American financial institutions washed their hands of him when he started bankrupting companies and screwing uh, bondholders and stockholders 
and painters and carpenters and people who who uh, do their driveways. You know, once it became a a uh, a no go in terms of financial dealing with Donald Trump. Well, there were only two choices: the mafia. Or the Russians. Russians, and actually they're pretty close to each other really in many, many cases. There is a Russian mafia. So. In many ways, the mafia is more sympathetic than the Russians are. If you think yes, about it. yes, yes. They might only break one leg. This is a story that has been pretty interesting, and I think it came up over the weekend. It actually did appear on Fox News. Did you see? And I posted it on our face on the Brad and Britt Facebook page, fb.com/slash Brad and Britt Show. And it comes from Charlie Gasparino, and he says he's been talking to some operatives in, in the Republican Party, and they say that Trump is in such a terrible mental state from all of the malaise and the poll numbers and everything else that he's actually considering dropping out of the race. Right. Well, I, 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 I think I posted something about this also, and um, I'm slightly suspicious of the overall story because it's Charlie Gasparino who's on Fox. And even though he was a good reporter in his day, I think you become severely compromised when you take a paycheck from Rupert Murdoch. But okay, let's go with it here. And Gasparino's not the only guy who has heard this. He's not the only guy that has said this. And we've said it ourselves around here that Trump is now, if he is campaigning, he's campaigning like a guy who wants to lose. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he just, he's, he's just doing too many stupid things. That being said, we have to take everything with a truckload of salt that, that comes down the line that just feels good. That story is so fantastic. Isn't it great, Britt? Wouldn't it be wonderful if you would just quit and, and, and do us all a favor, and then we wouldn't have to worry? It's just too good to be true. And there's no history of, of Trump uh, walking away from something like this at this moment. And you know what? I hope it's different this time. I hope he does realize he has destroyed the country, the world, our credibility, many people's futures, that he is a large part of the kindling that has people in the streets right now marching against the cops. And what's his response? More law and order, more head busting, more 68 George Wallace, Dick Nixon kind of racial division. And just maybe... If we were lucky, he would figure this out, that, number one, he's going to lose, and, number two, he might lose really, really big, and he will not even be able to claim uh, that the Russians, which is this time he would do that maybe, uh, interfered in the election, because they don't interfere in the election when he wins, remember, but they might when he loses, so wouldn't it be absolutely delicious? That one. It would be completely delicious if Donald Trump turned out to be the Walter Mondale of the Republican Party. <laughs> I think there would be something just delightfully wonderful about that. Well, I I, I don't think that's fair to Mondale. It's okay? not really. But it, I'm, using, I'm using shorthand. I'm using shorthand on all of it. He he lost that race and retained every bit of of dignity and decency. Yes. And and quality as a human being that he brought to the race and good humor. Also, none of those describe Donald Trump. He had, he had okay. nothing. He had so none of it going comparison. in. Trump had none of that stuff going in. Charlie Gasparino says, and they love to use this one. Charlie Gasparino says he's not convinced yet that that's the case, that Trump's going to drop out. He's got time, and he's running against an opponent who is literally hiding in his basement. Yeah, see, but the, I you love know, this. Well, they always have to qualify that because this remember the audience that he's talking, he's talking to the Fox audience. They, you know, they want to make sure that there's still a shred of hope. 
Joe Biden is hiding in his basement, but Donald Trump is not quivering in a bunker somewhere. That's what I love about the Fox viewers in general is that somehow, oh, Joe Biden's in his basement. Well, what about bunker bitch over there? Well, that doesn't count. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know anything what you're talking about. Now you're talking. I'm not listening. Biden is not in his basement. He's been a, he's, he's been in Pennsylvania. He, okay. So just the very premise of the, the, just entertaining the, 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 the slur is stupid it but doesn't there, deserve there is some uh some scenario among the party elite i went ahead to use that as a stupid media term but that's what it is that okay donald trump drops out and miraculously nikki haley appears as the republican nominee some way somehow they finagle it they pull some levers they grease some skids they do whatever they need to don't you think that it, that is like a dream scenario for some people who, who have visions of the republican party being a functioning entity after november I don't think she's that popular. I don't think she's that popular at all. And I don't think that, that she uh, gets the woman vote for I, I I don't think that at all. She was the governor of South Carolina, remember. And for the the uh, the right wingers, for the Trumpers, she was on the wrong side of the Confederate flag issue in South Carolina because she supported yanking it down off of the state house grounds, right? But only after someone murdered a bunch of people in a black church. So, so you shouldn't give in, right? You never give in to the, to the mob. When it, when it was absolutely necessary that she do the most minimal thing possible, she did the most minimal yeah. thing possible. That, that is how that story went. Right. And that was only because she felt like the Boeings and the Michelins and the BMWs were going to get a little nervous about having a Nazi flag over the state grounds. No, that, that's all. I, I, I think she's damaged goods at this point. One, um, because when she became the U.N. ambassador, she did it in the most calculated way possible. She did it knowing that she didn't have to be in Washington all the time. She could hide out in New York at the U.N. where nobody was paying attention to what she was doing. But at appropriate times, she would, of course, stand right behind Donald Trump. And then a few other times, for plausible deniability, she would criticize him. And I don't, just nobody's buying that act. It is just absolutely uh, nobody is, is is buying that. And um, I don't think this could be me. I'm 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 just thinking this might be true. I can't prove it. That Republicans in general, like how shall we say it? Oh, white males <laughs> to run on Republican tickets. Hi, I'm Mike I, Pence. Have we met? Yeah. I'm I'm just thinking that I can't prove it to be true yeah. because as we know the modern democratic party they're the racists and the republicans of course are the party of Martin Luther King. We know that, okay? That's what they would have you believe, but it's not true and we know it's not true. So Nikki Haley is not the answer. I I, I think just by definite first of all if if uh if, if Trump were to walk away, Mike Pence becomes the president. And as the incumbent, I don't think there's any way he would be denied the uh, the spot on the ticket. That it's too late to have any kind of meaningful, fair um, primary. You can't do that anymore. You can't create new primaries. So I I, I don't think it's it's a question of, of of anybody else. It would be Pence. He'd be the incumbent. That's just the way it would work. Would he lose worse than Donald Trump would? He'd lose equally as bad. <laughs> it's not going to be any different. He, equally I, as bad, yeah. And like would... probably worse because, you know, there, there's no loyalty to him. He doesn't even have the cult following. 
that but you're, the, but you're able Trump to project, has. I think, a lot of their beliefs onto him about Jesus and the guns and shit like that. I think you're able to do that more effectively with a Mike Pence. But I'm not going to say he's going to win. I think he'll get crushed. I think he would just do slightly better than Donald Trump would would do. And I don't no. think that he's an especially good campaigner. And of course, he has no charisma. And then, of course, the, the, you know, the thing becomes who are you going to put on the ticket? He can't put Nikki Haley on the ticket because he can't be in a, a room alone with her. His wife will not give him permission to be in the room alone with her. Here, here's the funny thing there's just as much tape, video of Mike Pence saying stupid things in public, particularly recently about the coronavirus, as there is of Trump saying stupid things that are contradictory and anti-scientific about the coronavirus. So I think it, it might even be worse in the case of Pence because we parked our expectations for, for Trump years ago. But for a brief shining moment, Pence acted years ago for seconds, like he might be a, a rational human, but that's gone. <laughs> There's none of that anymore. He has been the the number one suck-up, boot-licking, bullshit artist. I mean, that one little clip of Pence sitting at the cabinet meeting where they went around the room, he was the most obsequious suck-up of everyone there, and that was a tough competition, if you remember. You remember they were falling all over them. Thank you, President, for the for the opportunity to serve our country. Your leadership has uh, been second to none. Your your judgment is is just fantastic, and we really feel that it's an honor to work for you on behalf of the American. You know, remember that shit. The the, the the Pence clip is the worst one of them all. I think he was on the, uh, it's a gift from Jesus for me to be here. <laughs> so I think that was, like, that was part of his whole thing. And now he's on part, he's on board with the hoax. Vice President Mike Pence Sunday encouraging people living in areas with coronavirus outbreaks to wear masks to prevent the spread of the virus. Now for, see, here's the thing. I don't even want to listen to one Republican talk about masks they're all liars because every time every one of them every one of them is directly asked well shouldn't the president be wearing a mask as an example and shouldn't he stop saying that people should have the opportunity should have the choice to wear a mask but that's up to local officials. I'm not going to wear one because I get tested all the time and no one near me could ever possibly, on God's green earth, have the virus. Shouldn't he stop saying those things? And to the person, every person, number one, doesn't say, yes, he should stop saying that. They never answer the question, and then they just pivot immediately to, yes, yes, everyone should be wearing a mask. Now, we didn't ask you, should everyone be wearing a mask? We're asking you, is Donald Trump the cause, the root cause of the mass numbers of zero cooperation with local officials, with the false waving of some flag of freedom, with labeling people who wear masks as Weak, giving into government edicts, having no independent thought at all. Isn't Donald Trump the cause of that? And none of them want to ever criticize him. And the problem is, he is the problem. He is the sole problem and the, 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 the fuse behind this, this, this craze of 
not wearing masks and, and saying, I don't need one, that it doesn't work. Or, you know, back uh, three months ago, they said, don't wear one. Now they're saying, wear one. I don't believe a word that they're saying. And it's all on Trump. It's, it's just all on him. Mm-hmm. And, and if it filtered down to your governor in some state at some point, why did it? It's because Trump was giving them cover and it was running after his his uh, little tail there on this like they do on so many other issues, these Republicans. And now here we are with spikes in, in all these states, including our own. But North Carolina, as far as I can tell, still not in the top ten of numbers of new cases. So, yes, uh, we had a couple of bad weeks there, a couple of bad days. But uh, you notice we're not on the news every night nationally. We're just not there, which is where you you don't want to be there for for being one of those states. And a little surprised because there's been a real – Uptick in ignorance in North Carolina over the past couple of weeks. Oh, well, there, there's some in every state. See, that that's the thing. It's just, does it dominate? Um, uh, in, if we did not have a Democratic governor, mm-hmm. okay, we would be right down there in the toilet with, with Arizona and South Carolina and Florida and Texas. There is no doubt about it. Because remember, the Republican legislature in, in this state continues to file lawsuits against uh, the orders that Roy Cooper is giving in terms of keeping uh, uh, restaurants from going 100% open and all these kind of just this, this crazy shit that they want to happen. And, and if it wasn't for Cooper uh, saying no, and there's, there's not a veto-proof majority anymore on the Republican side, we would, we would be fully open. We would be just like Florida. We'd be just like Arizona. We would. We would, and there'd be a lot more cases. There's just no doubt about it. So if if Dan Forrest, the Republican who's running against Roy Cooper in this state, wants to claim that, that somehow, some way, he's got the high ground on this because freedom has been curtailed in North Carolina, then let him run with it. He's going to get crushed. He's going to lose big. In a highly unusual move, the Republican lieutenant governor of North Carolina is suing Roy Cooper. Yeah, and right. Forrest did file that lawsuit uh, about Shit. not opening stuff up. This lawsuit is not interested, Dan Forrest said, in the substance of Governor Cooper's orders. It specifically addresses his lack of authority under the Emergency Management Act to shut down North Carolina right. without the concurrence right. of the Council of State. Right, and if Dan fucking Forrest was the governor, I'm sure he would be saying, I have no authority. I have no authority to to uh, uh, keep the schools closed or anything. I just have none. I, I don't have any, and, and I wish I did, uh, but I don't. Now, this is partisan bullshit, and uh, bottom line is if we didn't have – and Roy Cooper is the last backstop between North Carolina – and us being Arizona or Florida or Texas. or Texas right now. It is. And you know what? We're kind of in between. You know, we have a Democratic governor, and uh, he has not been as heavy-handed as Andrew Cuomo was up in New York, but he's been heavy-handed just enough to keep us from falling off the cliff. But if we didn't have a Democratic governor, if we had a Ron DeSantis or uh, a, a Greg Abbott, or that idiot out in Arizona. Boy, he's a he's a peach, isn't he? Um, <laughs> then then they'd be going all along with the uh, all in on open. We'd be on phase nine already, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> we would. Phase a million. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's and I love that people who are Republicans in this state will tell you all day that Roy Cooper is playing politics with this. But apparently Dan Foster, by filing suit against Roy Cooper, not playing politics. <laughs> He's just not. He's just doing the right thing here, Brad. And I don't understand why you can't see that. Right. Right. All right. Uh, there's a we got a Supreme Court ruling today. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a pretty big deal. Um but it's one of those ones. It's, I mean, it's not going to change your life. It's not going to change my life, but that's not the point. Um, they uh, are going to allow you to uh, claim a tax credit to uh, help funnel money to attend your favorite religious school. You're going to be able to uh, deduct that on your your taxes, and that kind of narrows church and state. That's a Betsy DeVos um, Christian schooling kind of thing. Uh, it's another blow, I think, to public school funding in this country because if you have more people, especially now, with uh, a lot of folks doing homeschooling who never thought they were going to be doing homeschooling, most people hate doing it if you weren't doing it before. And by the way, you got to give some props to the original homeschoolers. They win this one, right? They, they didn't have to make any changes in the last three months. But for the rest of us who have... Uh, uh, we don't love our children. We just send them off to public school. Okay, we hate our kids. We don't homeschool them. Uh, but for the for the rest of us, um, we have school systems around the country suffering from lack of funding. Very often, depending on your geographic location, your zip code, your racial makeup, and to me, this just makes it even more difficult for local school systems and for for states to raise tax money. Uh, in an appropriate fashion to keep our school systems going, our public school systems, which, you know, the, we came up with that little social contract thing in the 1800s that uh, every kid should be able to get a public school education and a decent one. And then we reaffirmed in the mid-1950s that that should be regardless of your race or ethnicity. And are we a more perfect union than we were then? Yeah, we're a little bit, but we ain't perfect yet. But I think this sends it backwards, and I don't think this is going to be a a helpful ruling, but uh, John Roberts was the fifth vote. He was the swing vote on this one, and this time he went with uh, the four Neanderthals and and said, uh, um, a state need not subsidize private education, but once a state decides to do it, it can't disqualify some private schools solely because they are Religious, so the foot was already in the door on this, and uh, Roberts is saying, "Let's face reality; the money is uh, going there anyway." And at one level, I do agree with him, and not even because of uh, direct subsidies to uh, other kinds of private schools, not necessarily religious ones. But if we've been giving these gigantic tax breaks to religious institutions in general, your local church, your local synagogue doesn't have to pay. Uh, property tax or or uh, or income tax, right? They're all tax-free institutions. Well, we're already subsidizing religion tremendously, and uh, I mean this is another step. This is the slippery slope, but the the slope was already greased. So, um, can can I live in a country that this happened? Yeah, I can live in a country like this. It's not my favorite ruling, but it's it's not the end of the world and. Um, uh, John Roberts doesn't want everyone to hate him on the right. <laughs> he wants to make sure some people still like him. So 
I'm sure, and again, going back to North Carolina, they're going to release, I think, um, the guidance for schools in the fall, and I suppose that's going to be another chance to hit Roy Cooper on being a tyrant. And uh, I've been, I've seen a lot of him being compared to Stalin. This is, this seems to be where they've landed on the North Carolina Republicans that he's he's very Stalin-esque in, in his uh, tyrancy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that seriously. Yeah. <laughs> first of all, I don't take seriously at this anything that has to do with what is going to happen in August and September in this country, whether it's with schools opening, elementary schools, high schools, colleges, universities. I don't take seriously what's going to happen with sports, whether there's, they're all laying out these plans for, for football and basketball and the rest of the baseball season in six or eight weeks. We don't know what the, what it's going to Go back six or eight weeks ago. Go back three months ago and tell me you could plan what's happening now back then with any degree of certainty because of the way the coronavirus is continuing to spread, um, I think largely because of the laziness of the American people and our unwillingness to to bite the bullet the way other countries have, and uh, they've flattened their curves and they're moving in the right direction. And and it's it's real simple. I mean, we are just not. I mean, did you see the list? Do you see the list of countries that the European Union is saying yes? You can travel to our part of the uh, globe, the European Union, all the countries. Now, remember, we're on the shit list, okay? We're on the shit list. Here are some of the countries that they said okay to because these are countries that are doing well enough in curbing the coronavirus. Algeria, Australia, Canada, the country of Georgia, Japan, Morocco, New Zealand, Rwanda. We're getting our ass kicked on coronavirus by Rwanda, in the opinion of the Europeans. South Korea, Thailand, Tunisia. To fucking Tunisia. Uruguay. 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 And they provisionally approved China to be able to travel to the uh, EU. We're on the shit list with Russia, Brazil, <laughs> and and Turkey, where if uh, you're going to travel to Europe, you got to quarantine yourself for at least two weeks. So uh, anybody traveling to Europe thinking they were going to take a nice eight or ten day vacation, <clears throat> not going to happen. Uh, so, so, but but just look look at how badly we have done because we refuse to. Take the, the the difficult necessary steps here. It's embarrassing. It's horrible, and uh, you know we got nothing to say about it. <laughs> no, no, there's no there's no retort. Yeah, I mean there's nothing you can really say about any of that stuff. That's it's a huge deal. I mean we the facts are the facts. I mean the numbers are the numbers. That's that's it. We we haven't done the good job that Italy did. Some of these other countries did. Somebody said we turned the we, we turned we tried to flatten the curve and turn into a half pipe is basically what we turned it into for skaters. Well, is it is it fair to say that Americans have become the most, if we weren't already, the most impatient people ever? And I was thinking about this this morning, and I've been thinking about it a lot. Hmm. I think the problem with the way we have addressed the coronavirus is that we're unable, we're unable to reason with or convince people that what they do today will be helpful 
three weeks and four weeks from now. And if they don't do the correct things today, what they're doing will only be revealed three or four weeks from now when lots of cases pop up or you get it yourself. And we apparently don't have the national collective brain power to be able to process that because we're used to clicking on our computer and saying, yes, I, I want that, that new, that, that new phone and I want it here by tomorrow. Click and it's there. We don't have to wait three or four weeks for stuff to get delivered to our house. It just gets there right away and, and we cannot collectively give in to this idea that Whatever happens three or four weeks from now, it, it's not that important. So fuck it. I'm going to go to a bar today. I'm going to go to a restaurant today. I'm not going to wear a mask today, and it won't matter. And I don't feel it. I mean, I, I, I'm speaking in, in broad generalities there, but do you get where I'm going with this? I understand. I understand what you're going through and what you're saying, but I think also they they have. I mean, they have, like, stuff that is delivered to them the same day in other countries as well. It's not just us. I, I understand that, which, by the way, it kind of makes the idea of America as an exceptional place ridiculous. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. We're, because, yes, other people, I think, around the world are able to separate the, the, the thought that um, – Lots of things are instant with the, you know, maybe, you know, Italy has been a, a country, you know, for, for 2,000 years. Maybe they have a longer term view of things. Well, maybe they got a better idea of, of, you, of how to cope with, with generally the, the I mean, you hear about, Well, you hear all this stuff about the culture, like in places like particularly Western Europe, where it takes hours to eat a meal and they're not in a hurry and they, you know, all, all of that stuff. Yeah. I, so, I mean, there, I, I think there is something there. I, I just, there, I don't know. Maybe we're more susceptible to ignorance being spread around. Than other people. Well, that, that, that's just that's just a corollary of what I said. That's that's part of it too. It yeah. just seems like it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there were some, probably some people in Italy that were screaming about their freedoms and not being able to go to a cafe and shit like that. Of course there were, but the overall compliance there was much much better. I think Italy has sixty or seventy million people, so it's not like it's a tiny country. Okay. And um, I think the other problem is, and, and this is just basic stuff. I'm not saying anything that you haven't heard a million times that the you know the virus doesn't respect state borders or doesn't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. Or, and as time goes on, it really becomes obvious that that we needed to do. It's still not too late to do it, but it's not going to happen with this guy in office. We needed a president to to uh, speak forcefully with credibility and from his heart to say that we really have to do all of these things together at the same time. We all have to wear masks at the same time, whether you're in Florida, whether you're in Minnesota, whether you're in Hawaii, whether you're in Massachusetts, if we all do it for wasn't it uh, a month? Wasn't it a month to six weeks that it was said? And that's what Italy did, where they just locked everything down for, for fucking a, a month or two, right? And that's what mm -hmm. did it. 
and nobody could move. You couldn't go out jogging. You couldn't do anything. And they got essentially the whole country to buy into it. Yes, there were people. Yeah, there's people that protest everywhere. I know that. But fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> um, but they were able to do it. But not only did that not happen here. Think about this. We had 50 different ideas, and that's just from the state level. And then you have hundreds of cities and counties with different rules. Again, we're all fighting one enemy. How do you fight one enemy? If Franklin Roosevelt would have said, all right, uh, each governor gets to decide whether they want to send troops to fight the Nazis oh and the, the, the Japanese. It's just not my job. I can't. I don't want to infringe on your freedom as a governor oh to God. make decisions and uh, for people to make. In, I mean, that, that's what this feels like. This yeah. feels like this is doomed to failure without a, a federal approach to this. I mean, you'll notice on the financial side, when the head of the Federal Reserve speaks, he doesn't speak and say, well, we're going to uh, we're going to pump money into the system. But, that, but it's only for uh, uh, Arizona. <laughs> no, it, it, it's the whole country. We have one currency. We, we have one financial system. And for this purpose, we need to have one medical approach to a medical problem. I'm I'm pretty sure that in uh more recent past moments where we've had pandemics, but not of this sort during the polio, the, 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 there was a national approach. There was the president of the United States, Franklin Roosevelt, who had polio, saying, um, let's raise as much money as we can for the research. Uh, by the way, the vaccine will only be available in blue states that voted for me, Franklin Ro I mean, that's how stupid <laughs> this is, isn't it? And, and uh, uh, tell me for one second, one second, that if uh, next week a, a vaccine was developed by a company, that Trump wouldn't try to prioritize its distribution into red states over blue states first, if he could, if he could get away with it. Tell me for one second that he well, wouldn't no, do I'm that. No, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to try to. It's a fool's no, errand. I've never tried. To do that. Absolutely, try to do that. There's no doubt because he's politicized everything else. And the idea, the world. You want to know what? The world is laughing at us. They're laughing at us, and they're saying, "Geez, I thought the United States was kind of a." kind of a cool place you know most of the people that leave our country they want to emigrate to america but you know what not anymore we'll, we'll take canada we'll go with the canada oh, thing question part of the problem is a lot of, and it doesn't happen around the world but it just seems like we give idiots political power and and in, in a lot of other countries they, they're marginalized that's not always true but it seems that way well uh I think in the broadest sense, you're right. We, we have uh, every country has its share of idiots in politics, but but we, you know, we, we have a special uh, several acres where we grow them. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what it is. We allow them to 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 flourish. Um, I don't know. It's I, kind I, of depressing. I, I, I don't know. Some good news on this Tuesday. Amy McGrath has clinched the Democratic nomination. She will face Senator uh, Mitch McConnell in Kentucky in really? November. Oh, I didn't see that. 
This will be a very expensive race, and I think this is going to be a lot of money the Republicans are going to have to pour into the Commonwealth of Kentucky that could be used to perhaps bolster uh, Donald Trump's campaign. I, I think McConnell is in bad shape. He is. No matter which one of those two candidates was going to face him. What was the margin in that in that race? Do we have the numbers? I, I'm looking right now. The story has just come out on Politico. But, yeah, give, if you'll vamp for a moment, I'll go ahead and try to find out what that margin was. But I think he yeah. is in big trouble, and she's a, yeah. she's a really good candidate. Yeah. And as you said, Booker was another one, too. Well, the problem is she's not a good candidate. Okay? <laughs> she's a bad candidate. She's a bad campaigner. She has a great resume. She has a great story. But she's a stiff. She's a It looks like she beat Booker by less than two percent. That's and, yes. Which, that translates was, into ten thousand votes. Right, right. So um, this this brings up the you know at, at this moment, I'm not sure that McConnell isn't going to sneak by just because um, you're going to have the, uh, the the Democratic turnout problem locally. Mm -hmm. in in kentucky possibly except for the fact that hey guess who's on the ballot donald trump so that may save her and that may sink mcconnell because under normal circumstances you say well you know you got a you got a a, a, an incumbent president running above you on the ballot and uh, that's going to drag you over the line don't you think it's the opposite right now he's going to tow you under he's he's going to he's going to pull you down so uh, amy mcgrath might might uh, might win and that would be the greatest congressional wipeout of a leader at the top of one of the two chambers in um the uh, the legislative branch since uh, tom foley yeah. who was the leader of the democrats, democrats i think yeah. in 1990 is it 1990 like or 80 all, yeah. all these decades are now merging together sorry um, if, they, if they lose kentucky yeah. they'll lose the senate i think that's important that, that's gonna... are you kidding if if they if they lose kentucky for, they're going to lose the kentucky derby okay <laughs> the kentucky derby is going to relocate to that racist uh, uh race car track 311 in north carolina that they're going to have that there <laughs> in stokes county yes that's where they'll move it <laughs> bradandbrit.com